first day of January, in the year of our Lord, 1863, all persons held as slaves within any state or designated part of a state, the people whereof shall be in rebellion against the United States, shall then, thenceforward, and forever be free. Abraham Lincoln, The Emancipation Proclamation. Welcome to the Revisionist History Podcast, where we set the historical record straight, no matter who it offends. I'm Paul, and in today's episode, we'll be looking at what is still an extremely sensitive issue in America, slavery, specifically Abraham Lincoln's views on the issue. It can be difficult to know a person's mind on any specific issue, especially hundreds of years after the fact. But we do have some historical records that can shed some light on the subject. Now, the first question you may ask is, why does it even matter what Lincoln's thoughts about slavery were, or his thoughts about the slaves themselves, for that matter? He's been dead for 150 years. It's a valid question as far as race relations in America today. And in that sense, it probably doesn't matter all that much. But from a historical accuracy standpoint, it does matter, especially since the history of his views has been interpreted so many different ways, all to suit a particular agenda. He's been portrayed as a staunch abolitionist whose goal from the moment he ran for president was to end slavery, and he's also been viewed as a reluctant abolitionist who was forced into the Emancipation Proclamation by the radical Republicans. The truth, as always, is somewhere in the middle. This is an important issue to look at too, because while the Founding Fathers have been widely condemned in recent years for owning slaves and for their views on the institution, Lincoln has mostly escaped this scrutiny because of the Emancipation Proclamation. Generations have grown up thinking that Lincoln was an abolitionist. Not so. We have a tendency to judge the past through the lens of our present, which has its place from a reflective standpoint, but can be unrealistic and put unrealistic expectations on those people of the past. To say that the institution of slavery is abhorrent seems obvious to us today, but it wasn't as obvious to some 200 years ago for many reasons, from religious to economic and other things. A very tragic misreading of the Bible was one factor, as was simple greed, as well as prejudice that was not recognized as such. Today we tend to view Lincoln, by the result of his actions and his death, more than by his intent. He was a man of his time, for good or ill, and his views reflect that. In 1858, in his fourth debate with Stephen Douglas, during their race for the U.S. Senate from Illinois, Lincoln said this, quote, I will say then that I am not, nor ever have been, in favor of making voters of the Negroes, or jurors, or qualifying them to hold office, 
or having them to marry with white people. I, as much as any other man, am in favor of the superior position being assigned to the white man. End quote. Now, this quote does not mean Lincoln was pro-slavery. He was not. But he held the prejudices of his time. And when he became president, his main concern was never slavery, but the preservation of the Union. In an 1862 letter to Horace Greeley, editor of the New York Tribune, he said this, quote, My paramount object in this struggle is to save the Union, and is not either to save or destroy slavery. If I could save the Union without freeing any slave, I would do it. And if I could save it by freeing all the slaves, I would do it. And if I could save it by freeing some and leaving others alone, I would also do that. What I do about slavery and the colored race, I do because I believe it helps save the Union. End quote. This sentiment is crystal clear in the text of the Emancipation Proclamation itself. Lincoln only freed the slaves in states or areas where the people were in revolt against the United States. It did not apply to the four slave states not in rebellion, Kentucky, Maryland, Delaware, and Missouri, or to Tennessee, which had been occupied by Union troops. It even excluded the section of Virginia that was about to break away from the Confederacy to form West Virginia. Lincoln was not a social crusader. He was a commander-in-chief trying to win the war to preserve the Union. There's a little-known event, or maybe series of events, during the Civil War that makes this even more clear. There was an effort early in the war to recruit the Italian freedom fighter Giuseppe Garibaldi to the Union Army. Early on, the Union generals had proven woefully ineffective and largely would remain so until Grant took command. And Garibaldi had just recently defeated numerous foreign powers in his quest to create a unified Italian kingdom. He was battle-tested and known worldwide and in all likelihood would have been able to match Robert E. Lee and end the war much sooner than it actually did. Obviously, this didn't happen, and among several reasons was this. Garibaldi insisted that a condition of his service be that the declared intent of the war be the emancipation of the slaves. Garibaldi was an ardent abolitionist from his time fighting in South America. The Emancipation Proclamation was still more than a year away, and Lincoln was simply not prepared to meet this condition not believing yet that the freeing of the slaves was something he needed to do in order to win the war. Garibaldi stayed in Italy, and the war dragged on. Now we have no way of knowing what Lincoln might have done for the freed slaves in the years following the war, as his assassination in April 1865 cut short both his life and his presidency. There is no doubt, however, that the Emancipation Proclamation was a turning point that led to the end of slavery in America though sadly not the end of racism. But to hold Lincoln up as an abolitionist in the mold of John Brown is an historical fallacy that bends the truth to suit 21st century sensibilities. Lincoln was a great man, possibly our greatest president, but he was a man nonetheless. And men are complex, flawed, 
and rarely simply one thing or another. See you next time. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you found it both informative and entertaining. If you'd like to help us keep episodes like this coming, please consider clicking on the support this podcast link in the show notes. Thanks a lot.